Welcome to the Michigan Bowhunters Podcast, the voice of Michigan's hunting archer. Now here's your host, Bill Hoffman. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Podcast. We are hopping in here midweek. I know you're used to our podcast coming out on Mondays, but something popped up in the Michigan bow hunting news and I just wanted to go ahead and uh, get right on it and cover it. I didn't want to wait until next week's show. Plus, I already got something planned for next week with it being opening week of bow season. So um, what happened basically is in the showcasing the DNR section of the Department of Natural Resources website, an open letter was written to Michigan deer hunters. And what an open letter uh, is is basically... Uh, uh, it's got a lot of opinion in it, but it comes from a qualified source. And the qualified source for this open letter is Chad Stewart. Now, if you're not familiar with Chad Stewart, Chad Stewart is the Michigan DNR's deer, elk, and moose management specialist. And he's a, he's a DNR employee. He is a specialist. I believe he came to us from the state of Indiana uh, prior to working for Michigan. So he, he's been around. He's got multiple states. He understands um, what a science, true scientific approach is to it. Also from everything in my personal opinion that I've seen, I've seen Chad Stewart quite a few times on like Michigan outdoors and stuff like that. The guy uses a lot of common sense and I like that about him. Not a ton of emotion, a lot of common sense. So when it comes to, uh, you know, legislation and deer, um, tag qualifications and limitations and stuff like that. Chad can speak his opinion, but he's a biologist. He's a management specialist. He doesn't make the laws. He just provides the insight to how certain laws may affect the herd and what's best for the herd. Of course, the NRC, the National Resources Commission, and our legislation uh, actually have to be the ones that uh, bring forward and pass and, and uh, institute laws and whatnot. So uh, with that being said... Uh, I'm going to read you the open letter. Uh, again, these are not my words. I'm going to read it as here. I'm going to try not to interrupt <laughs> with my own thoughts. I've read it quite a few times at this point. So um, here we go. The 2023 Michigan deer hunting season is all about ready to kick off. And we need to have some frank conversations about deer management in the state. Primarily, our deer seasons aren't impacting our deer herd like you may think. If you are in the lower peninsula... We simply are not taking enough does during the season to control the growth of our deer herd in many areas. Let's look at comparative harvest. Since 2000, do you know how many years we have harvested more antlerless deer than antler deer in the state of Michigan? The answer is one. In 2009, we had an estimated antlerless harvest of 220,913 and an estimated antlered harvest of 215,104. Every other year in this century, we've taken more antlered deer than antlerless deer. If you make a quick comparison with the states around us, such as Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, and Wisconsin, they all typically harvest between 8% to 25% more antlerless deer than they do antlered deer in a given year. Using those measures, 
we should be harvesting between 43,000 and 68,000 more antlerless deer in the lower peninsula alone. While this sounds like a lot, (laughs) keep in mind that the lower peninsula has about 40,000 square miles of land. While not every square mile is created equally, and some of those square miles won't hold any deer due to intensive development or other factors that make the land unappealing to deer, one can see that such an increase in total harvest can be achievable, especially in the areas where deer are abundant. Furthermore, the gap between antlered and antlerless take seems to be widening. Our antlerless harvest has decreased by about 28% from the early 2000s to today. Our antlered harvest, for comparison, has only declined about 11% over this time, likely because of the decreased hunter numbers, not a declining deer herd. Taking on average about 1 to 1.5 additional antlerless deer per square mile in the Lower Peninsula can improve our overall management, help balance our adult sex ratios, and even improve the quality of the bucks that we do see. The current trend we are experiencing is simply not sustainable for long-term deer management in Michigan. Now here's the benefits of deer management. Let's first talk about what additional antlerless harvest means in terms of management. First and foremost, if hunters are filling their freezers with antlerless deer, especially early in the season, it can provide a tremendous benefit to your current and future year's deer herd. Intense doe harvest in the early season can help balance out the buck to doe ratio prior to the rut, which can intensify the rutting activity you see. If you think about having a lot of does on the landscape with fewer bucks, the competition for breeding can be greatly reduced, since many of these does are coming into estrus around the same time. On the other hand, picture a deer herd where the buck and doe herd are more in balance, and that means when a doe and estrus comes by your stand, it's followed by two or three bucks. The level of excitement you can experience during the rut can be greatly improved. However, the typical Michigan hunting philosophy to date is to hold off on taking antlerless deer until later in the season. With online reporting, we now have the advantage of seeing how deer harvests change over time and within seasons. Last year, excluding the antlerless weekend, Michigan hunters didn't take more antlerless deer than antler deer on any given day until after Thanksgiving specifically November 25th. This means that nearly two-thirds of the deer season and probably close to 80 to 90% of hunters' efforts was over before the hunters began really focusing on antlerless deer. Data supports this, as over 37% of all antlerless deer reported taken in 2022 came after Thanksgiving, compared to only 9% of all the antler deer taken during this time. Of course, it is possible that taking those does early in the year might impact your success at taking a buck. But I am asking hunters to consider the long-term benefits of being selective in their choice of taking a buck, even if it means not taking a buck in the upcoming year. If we could get hunters to rethink their philosophy of, quote, get your buck and then wait for a bigger buck to show up later in the season, unquote, 
we would see a marked improvement in our buck age structure and a more balanced sex ratio. To be fair, the mentality for many Michigan deer hunters has improved in recent years. The number of hunters taking the first buck they see probably represents a smaller percentage of Michigan hunters than most think. You might be surprised to know that nearly two-thirds of bucks reported harvested in Michigan last year had antlers with at least one side with four points on it. But for those looking to shoot any buck early in the year, consider how much time you have left in your season and what your local deer population looks like before making that decision. The choice to shoot a doe instead of a young buck could help improve your hunting both in the current year as well as in the coming years. So here are the changes promoting antlerless take. There are a host of regulations that the DNR has attempted in recent years to improve antlerless harvest, and some that have been considered but not yet attempted. First and foremost, in the Lower Peninsula, hunters have been able to use either tag on their combo license to take an antlerless during firearm or muzzleloader seasons. The regulation change was made back in 2020 after realizing that nearly 65% of Michigan hunters did not purchase an antlerless license. This means that most this means that our most participated in season, which is firearm season, had nearly 2 out of 3 hunters ineligible to shoot any antlerless deer. This change gives everyone in the lower peninsula an opportunity to shoot an antlerless deer and allows hunters to be selective in their harvest decisions and to take a shot at that mature doe during the firearm season without that added burden of purchasing an extra antlerless license. And everyone, he has everyone in all caps, and everyone knows that doe, the one that kept out of range and during bow season, while alerting every other deer to avoid your general location. The option to use one of your combo license tags on an antlerless deer instead of a younger buck is meant to help balance our deer herd and give hunters purchasing the deer and combo licenses greater flexibility than ever before with how they want to use those licenses to manage their deer herd. Hunters can even use their unused deer or deer combo licenses to take an antlerless deer during the late antlerless season if the efforts to harvest a deer came up unsuccessful during the earlier hunting seasons. Speaking of antlerless licenses, another change in the past couple of years has again given flexibility to how these licenses can be used. No longer do you have to enter a drawing to get an antlerless license, nor do you have to purchase an additional doe license to go hunt at your cabin or a friend's farm because they're in a different unit than where you hunt the rest of the year. Each antlerless license is good for private and public land across the entirety of the Lower Peninsula. Just ensure that you have permission, purchase your license, and go hunting. It's literally that easy. While the changes to the deer and combo license allowing antlerless deer to be taken with a firearm or muzzleloader season and the change in our antlerless license structure are the two of the more notable changes made to manage our deer herd, there are other topics that regularly come up as well. Antler point restrictions, a one buck rule, or 
the earn-a-buck, the idea that a hunter has to harvest an antlerless deer before being eligible to take a buck, and changing the opening day of firearm season from the traditional November 15th to instead falling on a weekend where are all options and frequently pitched to help over and alter the course of management. In the interest, in, in the interest of brevity, <laughs> let's try this again. It's a lot of words, folks. In the interest of brevity, each one of these topics could have both benefits and baggage associated with it, which is best to be suited to be addressed on its own in a separate article. But after looking at data on each topic, a simple shift to any of these topics is unlikely to result in the impact to antlerless harvest needed to effectively manage our lower peninsula deer herd. And there's the UP exception. While a majority of this article has been spent on the high deer numbers in our lower peninsula, it's worth mentioning that in the upper peninsula, we have a very different scenario unfolding. While antlerless harvest needs to be increased in some areas of the UP, in other areas, our deer herd exists at low densities. Despite areas with low densities, the allowance of antlerless deer harvest is possible. Research has shown that at low densities, hunters have minimal impact on deer populations, which prevents populations from crashing due to hunting. Because of the differences in deer density across the Upper Peninsula, we have implemented a tiered system with how antlerless license can be used. In the southern part of the UP, the antlerless license can be used similar to how they are used in the lower peninsula. In these units, winter is often milder and deer numbers are abundant. Even in some areas with low deer numbers, the impact of licenses being available often translates to less than one antlerless deer harvested per square mile. Across much of the central UP, we have developed larger simply managed units with limited antlerless lotteries. Hunters can put in for a permit to use their universal antlerless license for either deer management unit 351 in the east or unit 352 in the west part of the region. Only 1,000 of these permits are available this year in each unit. And if history has any indication, harvests attribute to antlerless licenses in these units Total loss of, wait, I messed this up. Sorry. Only 1,000 of these permits are available this year in each unit. And if history is any indication, harvest attributed to antlerless licenses in these units total less than 400 across the 6,600 square miles. Finally, in the far west of the UP and along the Lake Superior shore, antlerless harvest is again prohibited. Changing philosophy. I understand that many hunters may be reading this and have reservations about changing their philosophy regarding antlerless harvest for fear of dropping a deer population too low. If you find yourself in this camp, let me share some data with you that we use to make our deer harvest decisions. The first is the forecast of hunters we have in Michigan, which is expected to fall around 450,000 by 2030, down to nearly 800,000 deer hunters as we had in the year 2000. 
It's also worth noting that our data shows that 75% of hunters don't take an antlerless deer, while only 17% of hunters take one antlerless deer in a season. Less than 1% of hunters take four or more deer in a season. So the fear of hurting your deer population by removing another antlerless deer because your neighbor takes too many is probably, in most cases, unfounded. Chances are your neighbor isn't taking very many antlerless deer either, so you won't be negatively impacting your herd by taking an extra doe or two. Because of our lower hunter numbers and combined unwillingness to shoot antlerless deer, we are shooting far fewer antlerless deer than we have historically. That means that we have much room for improvement in terms of overall antlerless deer harvest across much of our state. Finally, it's important to look at the other side of deer management. Most hunters are happy seeing a lot of deer, but when there are a lot of deer in our area, the level of conflicts associated with those deer can be incredibly detrimental to hunters and non-hunters alike. This past year was probably a record year in terms of the number of damage complaints our department received from farmers and associated crop damage. Some of this may be exasperated by the spring drought we saw across much of the state, but the fact remains that deer numbers as they currently exist, are taking a toll on our farmers. The way our agency mitigates this damage is to provide out-of-season permits so those landowners experiencing damage can help protect the crops and livelihood. Since very few hunters like the idea of deer being shot out of season, we hunters need to do better at controlling deer numbers in the hunting season to limit the impacts of deer on agricultural yields in the summer. The other impacts often associated with high deer numbers is the number of deer vehicle collisions. According to traffic crash data, in 2022, there were nearly 59,000 reported deer vehicle collisions, the highest number since 2009. Nearly 20% of the recorded collisions in Michigan involved a white-tailed deer. Now here's the bottom line. So hunters, we simply need to do better with antlerless deer harvest. Our harvest decisions we make between October and December can improve our deer herd, influence safety on our roads, support our farmers, and benefit our forests. We need to quickly and substantially increase our antlerless deer harvest across much of Lower Peninsula. Our reputation as conservationists may be defined by it. And that's the end. And then he ends with, uh, you know, there, there's a bunch of links and you can check out the previous DNR showcasing. But I'm going to, because I think it's important, I'm going to read this last paragraph one more time just to let it sink in. So hunters, we simply need to do better with antlerless deer harvest. Our harvest decisions we make between October and December can improve our deer herd influence safety on our roads, support our farmers, and benefit our forests. We need to quickly and substantially increase our antlerless deer harvest across much of the Lower Peninsula. Our reputation as conservationists may be defined by it. Thank you for this open letter, Chad Stewart. Uh, you know, on a, on a personal level, I 
don't necessarily disagree with anything <laughs> you said. Uh, one, you know, if I was going to, you know, break down every little paragraph and explain stuff. And my, my only question is, uh, and this isn't, isn't a question of, of Mr. Stewart at all. It's a question. Uh, it's, a, I guess, not even a question. It's more of a statement. But I've always been leery of harvest numbers prior to the reporting. I, I don't think that the DNR has ever had an, this is me speaking, not MBH, of course, everyone. This is Bill Hoffman's opinion. I don't think the DNR has ever had a truly positively accurate way of uh, saying this many deer were killed, this many had were antlerless, this was many were bucked, because they weren't counting. They were doing, you know, counting, you know, at deer check stations or deer coming across the Mackinac Bridge or, you know, um, voluntary reporting. I just don't think they were getting a full metric. I get it that they can do some math and expand it and, and kind of hopefully get close. But I think now that we have the mandatory reporting, which I know some of you guys hate, but I really, really think it's super important for our deer management. Uh, now that we have the mandatory reporting, we can get the data and we can base our decisions off of the data of what's actually happening. I think that's a great thing. So when he's talking about, you know, certain harvest rates compared to the early 2000s and stuff like that, we don't know. We we have a guess, but we don't know. And if they tell you they know, I disagree with that. That being said, moving forward, if we just, I know where I live, here's my pledge. Here's my pledge, you know, a Michigan bow hunter, MBH web guy. I do, I do all, so many things for the organization. Here's my pledge as a member of Michigan bow hunters is I pledge to shoot or to attempt to shoot if I'm so willing or, or so lucky, I should say, uh, multiple does this season, multiples too, right? If I have the opportunity to shoot more, I will. Uh, that's my pledge. I'm going to do my part for Michigan hunting. Uh, it's important to shoot does. Obviously, Mr. Stewart just wrote a huge open letter that I just read to you on why it's important. But there's some things he doesn't mention that explain to us why it's important to shoot does. Here's a, here's a big reason why. Experience. That's a huge thing. The pulling, not just the experience of shooting a deer, but pulling back, you know, drawing back your bow at a good time, being in the right place, the right time, learning the experience of effectively hunting. There's a difference between hunting and killing, but now we're talking about killing. Effectively killing that animal, you know, where to aim. the ex And then after the shot, the experience of tracking it, of blood trailing it. Maybe you can share that experience with your kids or with someone who's not familiar. Speaking of sharing and experiences, now we have meals. We have meals that we're going to share with our families in the experience of eating something that you harvested yourself. And you can shoot the biggest, gnarliest, hugest, grand old 200-inch buck you ever shot in your life. I guarantee you, if I give you a steak from a, <laughs> a nice young doe or a big old buck, and I, hey, you pick. I don't care. what You're going to take the doe steak. Let's be honest. They taste better. Okay. And there's just... That's just a couple of the reasons why it's more important to shoot more does. So you have my pledge. I, Bill Hoffman, if given the opportunity, will shoot more does. I will do my part this year as a member of the Michigan Bow Hunters Association. Uh, Mr. Stewart, that's my pledge to you. MBH members, that's my pledge to you. Uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, 
a great opportunity we have to hunt here. I've hunted other states where they don't have the, the doe population that we do right now. Um, and I, I like the line, and, and we're going to end on this. Our reputation as conservationists may be defined by it. This is our chance to save Michigan hunting. This is our chance to really have an impact and become you know, a big buck state. This is our chance. We have the opportunity now to get really good at shooting and killing deer. They're just going to have to be antlerless for a few years. Thank you for listening to this uh, midweek episode. It's okay if you disagree. I have no problem with you if you disagree with me. If you do disagree with me, reach out. And maybe, you know, if I really, you know, reach out, maybe I'll have you on the show. And then maybe you'll change my opinion to your opinion, and then we'll both be wrong. <laughs> okay, that was a little bit of a joke. But, but, but I just came up with that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but, um, but really, if, if you have, um, you know, issues with this open letter that Chad Stewart has written, and that, which I just read to you, I'd like to hear them. I honestly would. So there's a couple different ways you can reach out. You can use the contact us feature on our website, which is probably the best. You go to michiganbowhunters.com. You go to the contact page. The email form is right there. Drop us an email. Let us know. If you happen to be listening on Spotify, you can also comment on your uh, listening device right there on the actual show notes page of this website and if you can always reach out to us on facebook which is uh facebook.com slash michigan bowhunters and of course don't forget we have the instagram up and rocking now too for michigan bowhunters so thank you for listening to this it's almost hunting season we are about oh as i record this we are eight days nine days away from october 1st it's gonna be awesome Let's get out there. Let's do hunting. Let's do some hunting. Let's do it safely and let's shoot some does. Do your part, people. Get outdoors. It's a wild place to be. This episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Association podcast is brought to you by Bear Sign. Bear Sign is a full service black bear guide and outfitter in Ontario, Canada. Reach out to BearSign via their phone number, 807-826-3742. Again, give BearSign a call if you're interested in hunting black bear in Ontario, Canada, 807-826-3742. We'd like to thank BearSign for supporting Michigan Bowhunters for multiple years. They have donated a bear hunt to MBH, which we have auctioned off and raffled off at our annual banquets. Again, that's Bear Sign, 807 826 3742. This episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Association podcast is brought to you by Brooks Archery. You can find out more info about Brooks Archery at brooksarchery.com. Of course, we all are all familiar with Brooks Archery as they've been serving the Kalamazoo area for over 50 years. They believe that archery is more than a business, it's a lifestyle, and they're constantly looking for equipment that will give their customers the best quality and value. Brooks Archery offers the leading industry bows, accessories, and hunting equipment to help you be more successful. Check out brooksarchery.com.
This episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Association podcast is brought to you by the Great Northern Bowhunting Company. They design and build every bow with you in mind. And with respect for a long and noble hunter-gatherer lineage we are all connected to. They build hunting bows, and their bows are designed to make you the very best bow hunter you can be. For more information on the Great Northern Bow Hunting Company, check out their website, gnbco.com. That's the Great Northern Bow Company, gnbco.com. Michigan Bowhunters Association, we have quite a few businesses and organizations that have stepped up and helped us out over the years. The first I'd like to tell you about is the Lost Nation Archery, where traditional archery means personal service. Lost Nation Archery can be reached at 1-888-800-7880. Again, that's 1-888-800-7880. Thank you, Lost Nation Archery, for always supporting the Michigan Bowhunters Association. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Podcast. Please make sure to visit our website at www.michiganbowhunters.com to learn about becoming a member of the Michigan Bowhunters Association. Hunters Association.